You are now tuned into the Off the Wall podcast. And is that it? Yeah. Focus, focus. Skiggity scat. It ain't nothing but me. That nigga E40. Gonna sprinkle some of you fools with some of this. This GAME, man. Some of this guy. Understand my system. Gonna sprinkle you fools with my sprinkler system. Understand this stuff. It don't stop to the motherfucking Glock pop. And fuck a Glock, I'm fucking with the six R. P226, Diana Ross, cousin Nina. Mr. Mina, that's what we do. Understand it. I be more hipper than the hippopotamus. Get off in your head like a neurologist. Push him awake to Atlas. Got a pot by the name of Tupacalus. The 707 Marusco, hella fall back to floor terrace. I pull a 40 out of my bar cap and then I flush it down my esophagus. The group that I'm with, the click, click. Sugar D shot legit. Family orientated, game related, it's the shit. Killing motherfuckers off crucial. Sitting them down mutual. Running through these lyrics as if I was fiber. Like, like Metamuso. Time a time a. Sprinkle me my ankle, sprinkle me my sprinkle me my sprinkle me my sprinkle me my big time a time big time Sprinkle me my sprinkle me sprinkle me my sprinkle me sprinkle me my sprinkle Kick that shit shit Here comes the top notch Oh 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 here I be clicked out nation the T from the V I'm quick to smile always down for the job You gotta shut that's a gang shot Just because we way too major And they try to test your testicles You know that shit ain't cool Sugar don't make you have to come uh. about the sound booth And act a fucking fool All these old hoe ass niggas They make me so damn sick Boom, 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 boom on the trick Play a player for false and get rubbed off You don't want more So walk walk around and get evaporated Cause I'm a timer, timer Timer, timer Body water Yes, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, my good people? Welcome back to another episode of the OTW Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Ant Bonham. Welcome me back, man. I thank y'all for listening, all the new subscribers, you know, everybody who's just passing by because maybe you see somebody else share it. I thank y'all very much, man. I told you I very much appreciate the spike in the listeners. Doing very good, man. All platforms, Apple, Google Play, you know what I'm saying? Um, Spotify, definitely appreciate it. Most of the listeners do come from Apple, don't don't. So I appreciate y'all, all my good people out there with the iPhone. I appreciate you, Android listeners too. You know, and you know, maybe this Christmas somebody gonna bless you with an iPhone though. <laughs> 
Nah, but it's neither here nor there, man. This week, I'm joined by a special guest. On If you're on Facebook, you're one of our Facebook friends, uh, you know her as Tamilla T, you know, Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Um, very good people. I've known her and her husband for a good while, man. Good, solid people, man. Um, they've always been good to me. Always gave me some good advice when I needed it from either one of them, man. So after the break, we're going to be back with it. None other than Miss T. Taylor. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, with a genuine conversation. We'll just see where this thing goes, man. Yeah. Hey, Miss T. I'm at, may I speak to Miss T. Taylor? This is she. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Off the Wall Podcast, man. Thank you for having me. No doubt, no doubt. You know, as, as I was telling the list, well, this is Tuesday morning when they hear this, because I actually put it out Tuesday morning. So how how is your night slash morning right now? How are you doing? <laughs> it's pretty been pretty good. You know, I'm a pretty busy person, so... Yeah, I've been moving all day. <laughs> Working and moving. Hey, I no doubt. I, I I don't put it past you, man. You know, you got the full, you got the Taylor gang, Juan, and everybody over there. You know, I hope everybody's doing good. They are. They are. Just look, just got them food sent them to, well, took them back to the crib, came to the hospital part so I can be away from them because, you know, they gamers. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's real loud. It's four <laughs> different systems going on in that house right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And why, when you get back, you got to tell them, you got to tell Juan to stop ducking me, man. I ain't seen them on that 2K <laughs> since the last time, Juan. Don't do that, no. <laughs> You can, look, I'm going to tell them, hop on there with you, and I'm going to be his cheerleader. No, no doubt, man. He definitely needed this time. I got him there last time. I got over on him last time. So, well, up now, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been, man? Before we get into everything, um, just tell people a little something about yourself, man. For sure. Um, I have been well, but um, my name is Tamelia Taylor. For those of you all that don't know me, um, I'm a good, I'm the wife of a good friend. Well, Ann is my friend as well, but yeah. him and my husband have a stronger bond, I guess, is a man thing, gaming thing. Right. Um, I, to explain myself, or just to give y'all a little bit bit of background about myself, I think myself, or I, I don't like to put labels on myself anymore, but if I was to explain who I am, I think myself to be a realist, mm -hmm. and I live by the circle of truth. Um, and, and have been in some of my empowerment sessions, so right, right. You, you may understand what I say when I live by the circle of truth and being a realist. Um, I work in banking. Um, I do empowerment sessions, man, woman, child, doesn't matter what religion you're in, doesn't matter what your profession of faith may be. I talk to anybody like there's nothing that I don't want to know or understand. I don't think there's no subject out here that would bore me. It may not be something I agree with, but I'm willing to learn. So I'm, I like to think myself to be an open-minded person and a very free spirit. 
So that's the best way I can explain myself. Hey, that, that's, that's very good. Very good. I, <laughs> I would agree with all that. And even though I haven't been getting invited to the empowerment sessions, I think since, you know what I'm saying, since I started, turned to Tommy, man, you ain't even invited me to the empowerment sessions. You know what I oh, mean? So th- let me explain, because I, I wanted to explain that to you. So <laughs> in the last, I'll give it in the last year, I have not done as uh, many empowerment sessions, uh, mainly because I have the empowerment that I've been giving to others. I've been needing for myself because I've taken a lot of losses. You know, I lost my father. Right. I lost my grandmother, which was my father's mother right out a year. Well, not even a year after I lost him. And then my mom's sister, no, his sister passed. And then my mom's sister passed. I was like, you know what? I need that for myself. So I don't I don't think it to be selfish. Uh, just, you know, sometimes you need to be self-centered to ground yourself because I, and, and I don't know, I think someone said it on the internet, maybe it might have been TikTok, I don't know. But they they were talking about your cup, you know how it talks about the cup overflowing. Right. And what's in the cup is for you. So if you're not overflowing, then that's not a time that you should be giving yourself away. And I haven't been... Uh, in that space to overflow and to pour into others so much. I still do it. You know, I still get phone calls and I speak to individuals and things like that, but I haven't did a lot of empowering and I have been explaining to um, those that is in my empowerment group, hey, this time is for me. It's nothing against y'all. I stay in contact. You know, I keep the group active. They empower each other. I haven't invited you to that particular group because it started off mainly as just women. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Other than Juan being in there like a, he don't really be in there, but he in there like a moderator <laughs> or something like that to say, you know, if something's going on with me, he'll get in there and comment. But I am going to get back on that. I'm thinking I'm going to start back up the beginning of April. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, definitely keep me okay. I definitely Definitely um, could use it, man. Um, as <laughs> you know, you. as I said, T, T, as she explained herself, very genuine person. Also a person I also go to for advice. You know, a lot of times on this, um, on my podcast over the last years, it's crazy because I, I actually have more women guests than I've had men. And I think that's what threw my ratings up. That's why I'm getting ready to go ahead and switch over, you know, to YouTube pretty soon because, oh, yeah. yeah, all the platforms, because, you know, this goes, it goes on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, one more. And when I look at the um, the breakdown, can it give me a breakdown of everything? I see that my highest listeners are like women between the ages of like 28 to like 40 something. Okay. Like, so yeah, you know what? I hadn't been listening to, uh, in the beginning when you first started doing podcasts, I remember listening to them. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was, you know, I'm, I ain't going to say I'm cheap, but I don't buy Apple. I only buy iPhones and stuff <laughs> like that. For one, <laughs> I break phones about four or five times a year, not because I'm throwing them. I can, but um, I'm, I just never, I'm, I'm not a person that like cases and stuff like that. Like stuff like that bothers me and annoy me. So I just buy phones that really don't have a lot of value to it. Use it. Right. And keep on moving. So I'm gonna start getting to it now that I you sent me that recording the other day, and I saw where I could listen to it. Yeah, on even even Spotify. on Android. Yep, yep, you can. Yep. yep. Um, and even on another, it's another app to Anchor that you can use from your phone too. That I found out too. That I give to people that don't have iPhone. So yeah, now it's it's accessible everywhere now. 
And I think earlier when I do okay. it, that little stepping up in the world. Yeah, I had to, man. Once once I decided to uh, take that leap of faith to uh, quit my job, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little bit everywhere, man. So between between the stuff I'm trying to do for myself, I also I, I made an investment um, and bought me a nice nice ridiculous camera. So and what I do okay. also um, shout out to Vistav and the good nurse practitioner Miss Tierra King Wiley. Um, gave me the opportunity to come in there. So I, I also um, take photos, before and after photos. And then, of course, I take uh, give interviews, like interviews of how they felt the service over there at Vista okay. V well in the spa. So, ladies, that's another plug, ladies, that's listening to. Because um, y'all also heard Tierra on this. I've had her up here, too, about three weeks ago, too. As you know, she does everything. She does the hydration. Um, she also oh, yeah. does non-evasive um, BBLs where you don't have to go under the knife. She, under the knife. she does body sculpting. I'm gonna have to check her yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty good. Um, and now for the guys, you know, because I got my male friends, they laughing me at this, but hey, I, I got, I got to support it. Cause you pay, y'all, y'all heard me joke. Now this is not the real name of it. She called it male penis enhancement, and I'm not in there for that. I don't take pictures for that. Like big pause on that. I'm a Cameron <laughs> fan, so we are gonna pause that. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. So dudes, you know, what I'm saying she really does offer male enhancement. You know, I joke online. I call it the BDL, where the women have the BBL. <laughs> this is the BDL for the guys. Y'all already know what them letters can mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yes, go in there and see her about that. And she's also looking for guys that want to be, um, you know, to try it out to be male models. Since she's looking and she'll pay you guys. You know what I'm saying? And that's between you and her. Yeah, that's between you and her, fellas. I don't have nothing to do with that. So you know, if you, if if you if you lacking, go see her so you can start packing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> that's all I can say on that. So uh, so that, that let me get back to the show. <laughs> that's a little bit too much. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I do that. You know, also on the um, spare time, help her out during the week with that too. Um, that's another uh, side thing I'm getting into is videography and things of that nature. Um. Spend a lot of money on editing things. As, as you saw where I was joking with the uh Pender Street trailer. And uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So so I'm trying to dab my hands a little bit of everything to keep myself having to go back to work full time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel you on that 100 percent Like that's that's really where my mind is yeah. right now. Like, I don't know. It's just I think I'm moving towards that way, just trying to um, gather it all together before I take that leap of faith, though. And you know what? You you really tell you will be good. You you need your own podcast. Like the podcast gives enough room for everybody. And now people are getting ridiculously paid. Like it's people that's getting podcast deals are not even working anymore now that they got it because it's so much money in the podcast game now. Once you Crazy get your lessons thing up. is I never even until you started doing the podcast. I don't even think I really ever listen unless it popped up on YouTube or something mm -hmm. where, you know, it may have, they may have uploaded it there. I had never gotten into it. Now, the crazy thing is I always get um, encouragement or pushes to, like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, look, I don't even know where to start with the podcast. Hey, just, but I can reach out to you for that. Yeah, I, I, yes. I, yeah I definitely can show you how to start and how to and get your stuff uh, corrected. Then you can go from there. It's very, it's very easy. Um, okay. You just got to be consistent. It's a lot of people I've helped uh, start theirs, and they thought it was so easy, and they they don't have topics every week. They was done within three weeks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a lot. They were done okay. within three weeks. Like so, you you definitely. But I think you will be okay because you 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 know you have a lot of things to talk about. You have a lot of life experiences and things of that nature. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, I was talking to one of my cousins who also, uh, <laughs> which is kind of weird. We also we had the same story minus the fact that he has. 
uh, kids is actually his. I don't. But he was talking to me earlier today about, you know, he said, why, man, we were growing up, did, our, uh, did none of our other uncles, our moms and dads tell us, uh, you know, how to be, how to date out here? Like, nobody tells us in our household, you know, how to date, what we should be looking for in other women. He said, that's why we probably made, you know, the mistakes we made. Like, he said, we stayed yeah. too long. One thing I did agree with him with, because, you know, I like to um, be transparent. I agree with him where he's like, we stayed in situations with uh, people longer than we were supposed to. Yeah. And uh, looking back, we feel like it's it was lost time in, in certain situations. You know what I'm saying? Certain situations that had nothing to do and we were taking the care. And this is not a knock on none of, none of relationships and no part of nothing like that or the kids or the like. He said we was taking care of other people's families when we, right. you know, when we could have been moved on. And so, and so, a question I wanted to ask you, because you know you have two young men that y'all, you and Juan are raising, and uh, these days are we raising? Are, and even with, with people that's listening, cause I don't want to lock it out because you also you also have a daughter. So, are we raising? This is a, a, a question throwing out there, and even the listeners, you know, you, you you know, after when y'all hear this tomorrow, you can you can email me back, and I can answer it on the next show. Are we raising our young men and young women to be? Productive young men and women and husbands and wives, or are we raising them to be stepmamas and stepdaddies? <laughs> that is a that's a two part answer, I guess, because mm. I and I was I, you know I like to think, I like to meditate, and especially relationships is my that's my thing. Um, relationships of all sorts, not just companionship, right? But I. I don't, honestly, I don't see where a lot of parents are um, going deep enough with explaining the um, facets and different parts of relationships and how to be healthy. It looks from, just from my, uh, well, my child, my oldest is, he'll be 15 and uh, Mina just turned 12 and Elijah's 10. So when I look at their peers and i look at um even the you know girls that jaya may be interested in or interested in him um situations like that i look at and i and his friends his male friends i look at what's being put in them and what i'm finding out is that they're not it's, it's not that they're being raised to have proper relationships Everybody seems, I'm going to say everybody, the majority seems to be re- being raised in a manner where everybody's out to protect themselves. Mm. And if you're not vulnerable, if you're not healthy enough to be vulnerable in relationships, and I'm talking about healthy relationships or people who, you know, present themselves as a potential, you know, uh, decent partner. So many, uh, so many parents are teaching um, the or, uh, because out of fear and uh, the way that society is, especially in the uh, black community, um, they are teaching their, uh, their children to protect themselves so much so that it is literally driving that wedge between, you know, um, well, not I'll say, yeah, driving that wedge between being a healthy individual. Um, in the relationship and protecting yourself all the time. All the time, um, yeah. I agree. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. And the reason why I say that is like, okay, so in our culture, you know, we're trying to teach our black, definitely our black men, like, look, 
you got to talk. I, I don't tell my kids they got a target on their back. I explain it in a different way because I don't like to come from it. I come from reality, but not from, I don't like to come from a negative side. But if you're constantly telling them, you know, um, you know, they are, everybody's out to get you. The first thing you're going to do is, is the fight or flight mode. So that's why a lot of young men, starting with young men, that's why a lot of young men, they, when they feel like they, they're in a situation or a relationship or something that's trying to control them or take, take them away from who they know themselves to be, a lot of them will exit or they will stay in a relationship but play, you know, uh, play or have other relationships or cheat or whatever you want to call it. Right. So, and that's in protecting themselves. They don't want, nobody wants to lose. And if you're not, if you're not healthy enough spiritually or mentally or emotionally, if you're not grounded in, at least in one of those areas, you're going to stay in fight or flight mode. And that is detrimental to any healthy relationship. The relationship is only going to be as healthy as the two individuals in it. So if we're teaching our children and rearing our children from a place of fear versus a place of love, you can expect for them to have many toxic situationships before they, and most of the time, some people don't ever make it to have a healthy relationship. Some people die, you know, with only having failed relationships because they live their life in survival mode versus mm. be, uh, living in a place where they can be vulnerable enough to accept love as well as give it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. You 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 know what I'm saying? It very much does. Uh, and and you know to touch on what you said, I, do you do you believe now? Now, you know sometimes I you know I, I don't try to filter things. I say I try to say say them in better ways now, <laughs> where I don't where I don't offend anybody. But in a way, and you know, I feel like and, and correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm not saying this right, or if you disagree. I feel like a lot of when you said that you know how most kids are you know you raise them in survival mode. Do you feel like a lot of us were raised in survival, especially in the black community? A lot of us was raised to survive, not even just in the place of relationship and love, but just make it in life. Like a lot of people have a survival mentality, and 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 it's nothing about no if they if they see a chance to get ahead, not even doing it illegal anyway. If they get ahead, it's all they always have a way of like ah, I don't know that it might be too good to be true. Like on some uh, good times vibe, like the mother from Good Times, she never wanted James and him to get out of the hood. James didn't quit die from that show. He got away from her old ass because she always never wanted them to get out of the projects. Everything oh I don't know about that James. You know what I'm saying? She had a poverty mentality and she never wanted them to get ahead. And I think a lot of us was raised like that. And I think in a lot of ways, I'm not saying everybody was bad. Our parents were bad parents, but I think in a lot of ways, just to be honest, I think a lot of our parents failed us in certain areas. I ain't gonna say they were bad parents, but they failed us in a lot of areas. And probably I don't know it's because of what they didn't get or the fears that their grand their parents and grandparents passed on to them. They try to pass it on to us. For sure. Um, to yeah, to answer that or to explain it or answer it from my perspective or you know just my experience and different. And I have. I've counseled, or I won't even call it counseling. I'll say I've coached, you know, marriages, individuals, and relationships, situationships of all sorts, uh, not even just uh, heterosexual, homosexual, all of that. So 
<laughs> to answer your question, especially in the black community, yes, many of us wasn't just raised on survival mode. Many of us are still living in survival right. mode. Um, and survival mode, like you said, it doesn't just impact your um, ability, your livelihood. It uh, impacts all relationships. Um, again, survival mode is nothing but being reared in fear versus being reared in love. And so when you say, you know, a lot of our parents failed us, like it's touchy, but it's it's reality. And of course you can't give what you don't have. So yeah. if that's what they had and that's what they passed on, but at some point it becomes your own responsibility. And this, I'm not talking about children at this point, I'm talking about adults. Um, it becomes our own responsibility to um, mature ourselves so that we are not living in some survival mode and we are strong enough or um, mature enough to uh, take the risk that we need to take. And that can be taking a risk, like you said, in business. Uh, you imagine, so you know, you just came out of uh, the workforce yep, yep. and doing your own thing. I, I, I've been knowing you at least for the last, Jair is about to be 15, probably at least the last 13 years, right. maybe even more. So I've seen the different different ways and layers and um, obstacles that you had to overcome to be comfortable enough to, uh, to go out here and say, you know what? I can be my own boss and I'm going to try this. And that means that you had to come out of survival mode because survival mode is what for the majority of us, survival mode is what makes us get up and go to that job that we may hate mm -hmm. or, um, or stay in a relationship where it may be, you know, they, it, it, I got a nice home or, you know, a nice car and we pay bills together good, but the relationship ain't good. Those things come from survival mode and fear of failure. That's all it is. So if you're, if you're always in a mode that you are uh, fearful of failing, you will never never take that leap that means that something got to change some the the switch got to flick in your mind to say i got to take this risk and i got to be willing to fail right not that i go out with the mindset that i'm going to fail but i got to know that anything that i do different than my norm that got me that where i'm living in survival mode the potential is there because there's always two sides to the corn but if i live in fear and survival mode i will never take that leap of faith like you said leap of faith to go out there and try this relationship if it's too good to be true you got to figure out so that term that's that statement right there um, has been used loosely and is used by many to um, prevent themselves from, well, prevent them from holding themselves accountable for achieving whatever it is that they want to achieve or taking a chance. Um, and, and that's all life is, 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 is time and chances, time, chances, and choices. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, all you got to do is figure out what you want to do and realize that it's two sides to this coin. I can get out here and be wildly successful. I can get out here and be mediocre. Or I can get out here and it can fail. But the thing about it, if you're living and you're breathing, you still get another chance. Even if you got to do it 10 times, just do something different towards it, you know, 10 times right. until you um, 
get it done. I re- I'm, I think about Toby. What's his name? Toby Weekway, the Weekway, the, the oh, from Houston, oh. yeah, the rapper. Yep, Toby the Weekway. So yep. that, that's that, listen. I love his music. I love his energy. I love everything. But one of the things I was listening to in one of his interviews, he said he was at the lowest point in his life. I think he has an issue where he couldn't play football. He was supposed to go pro or something, and he couldn't because his leg or something got messed up, and then. He said, but what he, and he wasn't really a rapper. <laughs> you know, he was he, like, he really wasn't a rapper. But right. he said, I'm going to try this. And he said, I'm going to try to do something consistent for 10 years. Now, that's 10 years that this man Ooh. gave himself, which I think is very graceful. We got to be graceful with ourselves as well. But he gave himself 10 years to do something consistently. And he said, then after 10 years, if it does not work, if it this ain't it, then I'll wrap it up. And so, it, and as we can see, that it didn't take 10 years for him to be at the right. awards, you know, or be where he is now. And so, um, that's what we got to, that, that's how I think about it, is survival mode is, um, it's, it's really the thing that's killing dreams, relationships, marriages, um it's it's killing everything for real. It's 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 zapping the life out of most things, yeah. And, and it's and it's like it's, it's it's uh predicated and and bought onto us more on social media. Like it's it's a lot of things sure. like a, a a a lot of memes, like everybody is feel like they're on this thing where they, they want to be petty or nothing bothers them, but then they come uh-huh. off very, very bothered. Anybody that says they're unbothered always comes off very bothered. I don't very care. Bothered. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So, but but yeah, in society, they everybody acts like they doesn't care, they don't care, and they want to be petty and they mask themselves in their emotions. Like it's, I don't believe that social media, social media is cute uh, relationships, but I think it can. I, I think it can. The wrong people put it this way: the wrong people in your mind frame it can dictate to certain people if I'm making that sense. Like a person, if your mind frame and you live off of what you see everybody else do, it can affect you. For sure. You, you know what I'm saying? Because um, like even now, like it's a lot of things, it's a lot of fabricated um relationships even online. Like it's a lot of relationships where I'm, or people I'm privy to and to know that people all the time will get up here, oh my God, like, they are such a they they're such the best couple, but they don't know like they really only there for the kids. Like like if you know them, we're good. They really they're either they're just saying they'll tell you like yeah, we just really here for the kids. Or hey, a lot of people. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I had I think I had this conversation like two or three episodes ago. A lot of people people on together for a business decision. Things are getting higher out here, and they need the other person to survive. Like you know what I'm saying. Uh, agree. Survival mode. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There we go. Another, 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 another example of survival mode. So it, it gets tricky when a lot of people try to base their love through what they see other people doing. Man, you better, you better, you know, find out the grounds and, and what your what relationship stands on and, and what it's built on um, for yourself. Like the exactly. word "I love you." Like to me. To me, it, it depends on where that comes from. This is this is just me, my point of view is because sometimes you better know what when that person telling they love you, what is it rooted in? A lot of people only love you for what you what you can do for them. A lot of people only love you because you're there when nobody else is there. A lot of people only love you, know, you know, for the wrong things. You better make sure that love is unconditional, and there's very few people that love us unconditional. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, if you know, I'll, I'll respond to that as well. Um, I don't even know if people. I, I used to, you know. Matter of fact, let me let me. It's a meme, and it might not even be a meme. I just see it online, and if I've heard it, always growing up, and it always talk about, you know, changing another person. Or, you know, molding another person or, and, and I'll be seeing people liking it and loving it. And I'm looking at the, at some of the people that's responding that I personally know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they, some of them may be relationship gurus, so to speak, or um, ministers or whatever the case may be. And I think about y'all are up here and you, you're, because your you're impact and your influence you know, you you got many people going just they just bandwagoners. So right. you get up here and you agree or you share whatever you may, and 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 they have the right to do that. But the thing about it is, with your influence, you have to be when you have such an influence, you have to be very very um, transparent about like if you are you just laughing at this, is it comical or whatever. But when I see people out here um, trying to mold other people into being who they want that they want them to be i know right there that's that's going to hell in a handbasket either they're going to stay in a toxic relationship forever or until one of them hurt each other or somebody goes to jail behind the situation or just be unhappy forever or they're just not going to be together and the reason why i bring that topic up since we're on relationships is we we are not supposed to be out here trying to walk our significant other like a dog or train them like a dog. That that is so toxic, and I used to be that toxic person. Right. Um, thankfully, thankfully, I have a a husband who stands his ground um, and had enough patience and love and enough self awareness of himself that he was able to handle it and correct me and help me to bring myself back to, I'm not a project of yours. I'm not an item and neither am I an object. You don't get to mold and shape me. Mm-hmm. What you can do is if you, but when we see our significant others um, or even a potential, somebody we want to be with, we might be dating or whatever. When we, we, you're supposed to go in there with the mindset is you're going in it as all of who you each other, you know, each other is. If you find out that the cons outweigh the pros, the reality is you're not supposed to be together no matter how much you want to force the issue, right? Right. So, sure. But a lot of people we, go we, against that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, but a lot of people go against that. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we live in such a, a, a time of entitlement that we feel like we anything that we want we can have but that's not true when it comes to another person and if i got to manipulate the situation if i got to tell you a thousand times thousand and thousand times over again that you're hurting me i don't leave that power in your hands no more i have to do something and that means if i have to take a loss so to quote unquote loss to to leave you right so that i can not suffer whatever it is that I don't like that you were doing consistently, then that's what I have to do. But that's not what's going on a lot of times is that we are trying to mold people and shape people as if they're clay 
or an object. And when you start objectifying a person, it's going to take away from the fact that you no longer see them as a human. You no longer see them as your true lover or significant other. You only see them as modeling clay. And once you do that, once it, it once you do that, it starts changing the way that you treat them because you don't treat an object the same way you treat or you shouldn't treat an object the same way that you treat a person because a person has feelings, you know, thoughts right. and emotions. An object doesn't. But when you objectify a person, that's what you're going to do. Then you find yourself reaching over into the toxic space. Now you're saying anything to each other or one, you know, maybe it's just one that's being uh, abusive verbally or whatever type of abuse is going forth. Now you because you have objectified that person. Now you're not thinking about their feelings, their emotions, how this is going to impact them. You're only thinking about yourself. And that's when we, that's when we get just, just all of it goes left with relationships. So that's that's the commonality that I see on social media, off of social media, counseling marriages, counseling relationships, counseling singles, um, things like that, counseling people who come out of um, domestic violence situations. Um, and we, you hear the term narcissism thrown around a lot and, and, and the, the majority that use it absolutely, they may know some of the traits, but when you see, I've been a narcissist, right? So I know what it is. I know, I know the layers that goes on inside of their mind, um, <laughs> because I've been that person, yeah. but I met my match and that was my husband and he like, okay. Now, I'm going to tell you that I don't like that. I don't like how you make me feel when you say this or do this. Or like I remember one time we wasn't quite together. We was getting back together. Like not, this was before we were married. I would think I was like 16, 17. And that's and I, when I look back, I realized I was narcissistic as hell. But anyway, I remember <laughs> him telling me we want together and him saying what you want for Valentine's Day. And my husband, if you, if you know him, my husband is very straightforward. If you say yeah. you don't want something, he don't like to waste time, nor does he like to waste money. And he doesn't like his efforts to go unnoticed. So if you say you don't want something, guess what? You most likely not going to get it. And it <laughs> <laughs> so me with yeah. my narcissistic tail, I'm a, uh, I say, oh, I don't want nothing. I'm good. Listen. I go to his mom. I mean, I go to his house um, on Valentine's Day. You know, I see the little nice things he got his mom and all of that. And so I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for him to come out, you know, pop out with my stuff. Nothing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to play it cool because, for one, I respect his mom. I'm in her space. I'm in that house. I'm going to play it cool. I get back home, and I let him have it. And after, he, after I finish... He like, and so now you did you not tell me that you didn't want anything? And he was like, see, that's the that we didn't call it narcissism, but we just called it crazy, being yeah. loco or loony or whatever yeah. the case is. He was like, that's the stuff that I don't like. If you wanted something and I've already asked you the question, what would you like? Or you could have even said, surprise me. Or but you said you didn't want anything, and when that became a reality. Now you're upset with me saying I should have did this and this. You don't get to get inside of a person and then become them. You get what I'm saying? Like right, so many of us are trying to get into the mate 
our mates and then make them be us from their selves that if that makes sense yeah like you don't you don't you that that is so toxic like you want them to love you like you would love you that that's then you don't want that individual you want your idea of who you want them to be and that's uh, that's that's very toxic is and it's going to hell in the handbasket yeah, that's it. <laughs> I I definitely agree. A lot of people do want the idea of a person. They don't really like that person. A lot of people right. are in relationships like that. And and another thing, a lot of people are just full of shit. I'm just calling that they full of shit. Sure. They they really they, you know what I'm saying because uh they don't really be looking for a lot of women and men don't be re- really looking for for love. Uh, they be looking for somebody they can chaperone. You know what I'm saying? That, that part. They looking for somebody they can chaperone and they can control and they can keep an eye on what's going on. And, but they're not never really happy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't want nothing like that. You know, I don't want nothing like that where somebody feel like nobody wants to be in nothing that they can control. And if a dude wants to be in something he can control, he's never really happy. I don't know if they stick around as long as they did back in the day, like in our, our, our parents and grandparents' days nowadays. <laughs> You know, it's 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 a, it's a rare situation where a dude just let himself be bullied around uh, for mm-hmm. years now. It's very rare. Um, and with <laughs> with that going into my next question, in this era, of course, like I said, you you and Juan are married. Been married for what? How many years has it been? All completely together? Now? This year, uh, September sixteenth will be eighteen years. Eighteen so. year. Congratulations! Almost to that 20, 20 year milestone. So, where I ask you in this era, how? It might not even be hard because if you're walking with the person that you're supposed to be, it might, might not be hard. So I don't want to say how hard it is. But how, how, in this day and era, of, say like for new couple of new couples or new people that people that just got newly married, uh, what advice would you give them to help sustain their marriage? I asked in that way. I was gonna say how hard is it to sustain a marriage in today's client climate, but I believe if you're married to the person that you're supposed to be with, I don't think it's hard. Of course, y'all. I think y'all. Um, of course, I have issues like anybody else would do, but y'all know how to deal with each other because y'all moving moving in love, yeah. So for new couples that may just get married, just gotten married or thinking about getting married, what advice would you give them on how to sustain the marriage in today's climate? Um, one of the greatest, um, and, I, and I remember being in meditation, um, well, what I wanted, well, the best way, I, not meditative, like, you know, you got your legs crossed, you're doing yoga. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> so when I meditate, I don't meditate like that. Mine is just very natural. I'm a, I'm a very free spirit. So I like to sit alone. And I'll even put in earplugs, not earbuds, but earplugs. So I don't necessarily hear the, you know, the background. And I remember being in this meditative state. And I hear, heard this. Uh, this statement downloaded to me came across so clear. Assumptions destroy relationships. Mm. And it it didn't it made sense, but I hadn't gotten the full, you know, the whole of it until I experienced the assumption destroying the relationship. You know, I I got a best friend, sister. I mean, and for for me, my heart never changed towards that. Mm. But Anyway, a situation occurred, not directly between me and her, but she thought I should handle, you know, uh, a person a certain way because she was handling them that way. The Mm. person never did anything to me. 
person respects me highly. And the, what she was, you know, what, in my opinion, what she was upset about, you know, she took it overboard. And I was very vocal and transparent about it. But I also, understand, you know, I hold space for people to be who they are. So I don't always jump in, even if I, you know, have, I can see wrong stuff like that. I don't always jump in unless they ask. If you ask, all right, here it go. Boom. This is what it is. Right. If you don't, I don't always interject or insert myself in the situation because, you know, you just go through things and, and then it is what it is. So anyway, back to the assumptions destroy relationships. And me and her, or we, me and, you know, she went to this mode where she was doing everything texting. I'm, I'm, a old, I'm old school. Even though I'm, I'll be 38 this year, even though I'm only going to be 38 this year, I grew up with a grandmother born in the 30s. Mm -hmm. um, so that's who that's who raised me for the most part. So I my grandmother, you know, she she was very direct. You had conversations. You don't you don't do a whole lot of phone calling and you know texting when you want to communicate. But anyway, I respected the fact that you know maybe that's how she is able to express herself. Right. So she's texting me, you know, about the situation, thinking, telling me, oh, uh, why you didn't do this, this, and this, and this. The crazy thing is the majority of what she was saying I did do or didn't do, I had did it, <laughs> but I didn't communicate it with her because it was this individual, I did it directly towards them. But what I told her this, I said, now, you assassinated my character, you assassinated my belief. And you assassinated everything that I, well, you attempted to assassinate everything I stand on, all because you assumed that I wasn't doing these things. And she, to this day, she wasn't able to respond. And that's when I, I said, listen, assumptions destroy relationships. So now you done came, you done expressed yourself. You got me feeling a type of way and you done came for my entire being because you didn't ask any questions to me. You just assumed that I did or didn't do something. And if you'd have came to me and asked the question, you'd have got the answers and we would, you know, we would still be there. Would, even if, we, you know, different friendships, you know, you go through different things, but we wouldn't be separated. But now we're separated because you use assumptions to assassinate me and you don't feel, you know, you don't feel comfortable now being around me because you don't know your, your pride or your ego, you know, you, you're being driven by that. So you don't know how to and and she's already forgiven. Like I, I never stopped loving her. I never stopped seeing her as my sister, and none of that. Right. But the reality is, is that relationships assumptions destroy relationships. And then so now I translate that over to my marriage and every after learn, after getting that download and having the experience, it changed. Um, and, and it, it freed me in a lot of ways, a lot of the bickering and arguing, and we don't do it often, but a lot of times that me and Juan would bicker or argue or have legitimate arguments, it would be because one or the other part, one or both assumed, you know, that I understood what you're saying instead of just clearly communicating, this is what it is. So 
once we get in that mind, once we develop the mindset that assumptions destroy relationships and hold ourselves accountable for being uh, properly communicating what it is that we feel or that we um, want the other party to know, that's going to take, when I tell you, that can make a marriage right there last for a lifetime, is clearly communicating and not assuming that the other one knows what the other one wants because we've been together so long. Um, the other thing that I would say for um, a newlywed is, I don't know, I don't like to do the old school. Some of the old school stuff works, some, some of right. it don't. Um, another thing that I would say for relationships is... Um, Don't be anxious. Um, I, I've seen many. Don't be anxious to be in a certain place at a certain time, whether it's um, it's good to have goals and it's good to have dreams and all of that and work towards it. But don't be anxious because the reality of getting from A to Z in a straight shot is not reality at all. Right. So marriages, many marriages are failing because um the dreams and the goals for one or the other or both are not, you know, lining up with what they want to do or when they want to buy a house or whatever. So one and both of them start, you know, getting frustrated with each other or one starts getting frustrated with the other. And, and those things right there, when you become anxious, anxious energy automatically drives a wedge. That's what it does because it takes you out of living in that current, living in your current space into a, 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 all the way in the future. You ever seen a person who they're never present? You see them, you know they're there, but they're never present. Like your, your, your mind like is your always wondering. Is here. Yeah, yeah. And that's where a lot of marriages are failing. It's like, like I one have to tell me because I am uh, I, I stay I, I stay deep in my thoughts. So because I like to, I don't know. That's just how I am. I've always been like that since I was a little girl. I'm a very deep thinker. So sometimes we'll be watching a movie or whatever. And he'll be talking to me. I don't know nothing going on. I don't know. I'm watching the TV. I'm looking at it. My body is present. I'm doing all the things that look like that I'm there, but I'm not in that space because I'm somewhere else. My anxiety is, or or being anxious about learning or knowing or putting this in order, getting this taken care of, I'm all the way over there already. And I'm not having true quality time with my husband or my kids, you know, at that time. And they can feel that. When it, it, it's not very helpful, it's, it, it doesn't do you any do your family much good when you're there and you're just a a, um, a rock. You're, you're just an accent piece. Granted, a lot of kids who suffer um, their parent, you know, suffer neglect and abandonment. Their parent just showing up is sometimes enough for that a particular situation like that. But like my kids, me, my husband, all our children are ours and we live in the same house and all of that. So they're used to me already being there. You get what I'm saying? They're used right. to me, my body already being in the house. I work from home for the, mo for the most part. So they're used to that already. So what they can tell when I'm not present, though, is it's one thing to be there and it's another thing to be present. So I just encourage newlyweds, be present 
in your marriage and in your relationships. Put the phones down. Deny and decline some of the the weekend invites or the all some of the family functions. I'm not saying become anti. I'm saying have balance with that. That's it. Have balance with that because if you're too anxious or you're living in an anxious space, you will not be present. And if you're not present, somebody's going to get neglected. And when neglect sneaks in and creep in, it's those little foxes that destroy the vine. That means that eventually, if it's nicked on enough, after a while it's going to be a disconnect. And when a disconnect comes, you give it space and opportunity yeah, for somebody else to clean, you come, come clean it, it up. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> somebody gonna come and clean up woman coming. <laughs> she won't, and it may even be a moment, and it, or it may be consistently, or it may be continual. But yeah. just know that you gotta hold yourself responsible. Like they'll say, well, you know, they know right from wrong. Let me tell you something. Everybody's wired different because of however they grew up, what they had and didn't have, and uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, whatever, relationally. So you never know when you're being when you're the enemy or the adversary, so to speak, in your own marriage. You got to pay attention to those things because if you're not intentional with being present, trust me, somebody else wants to be present. Oh yeah, <laughs> they will be present. It's a big mistake. A lot of people. A nothing. A big. I said that's a big. You you are correcting what you said because that's a big mistake. Women, some women, some men make that. They, oh, they not going to work. Huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Like, and sure uh, enough, it, for yeah. you know it, somebody done been together all these years. You be like, damn, what happened? They won't present. I, that's why when 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 I used to work at Firestone. <laughs> at, at, a, at a young tender right age I was at Firestone and then when so, <laughs> then when social social media came along and I saw there was some of my friends like the people I was working with the older people I was working with like was their grandfathers or, or uncles or stuff like that and um, say they passed away and then certain people were like you know so, like you said the person the person that they might have been messing with was in the background the whole time but no, but the family didn't know and right. the, the girl come out of nowhere and the lady come out of nowhere and say oh man I'm gonna miss such and such he was always and then the family like I didn't even know that I be wanting to tell some people hey I would relax on saying that your granddad or your uncle didn't know them because I think they might have worked they probably know them better than your yeah. mom know them because she yeah. cause they was in the break room every night <laughs> break night yeah. talking so, so you know but that's not my place to say nothing but when I see that on the line sometimes and I know like the, the connection I'm like oh I, I think she might be right I think she might have knew them better than y'all knew them but the whole real family knew <laughs> like but you know it ain't nothing to say but people always think like that stuff be coming out of nowhere a lot of times that stuff don't be coming out of nowhere no yeah. <laughs> that person really do be knowing that person yeah but you know what I'm saying just your, your granddaddy or your uncle or your dad just hit it very good but yeah like working at places like that I'm telling you I, I've done seen some strange things so that's why I, be, I would warn any man or guy if that would happen to you and the guy or the man come out of nowhere saying how much they miss them and they love them too I, I might would be quiet on that because sometimes, <laughs> yeah, because they sometimes trust me. Them break room, you come in there like God, y'all in the break room again? Like what? The, what is? What is you doing? Are they leaving home together? They leaving out together and everything? I'm like, oh. uh-huh. they going to get lunch every day together? Like, and they work. Yeah, I think we working there when I was working. It was like 10, 12 hour days. So you there more? You with them more time? You at home with your family? So. Yeah. So you know it can go down, especially if there is space um, and they are feeling empty or neglected. One thing about um, 
most people try to figure out the the logistics or the logic behind cheating. And the thing about cheating and why most majority of people cheat is it's no different than chasing crack, powder, any type of addiction. It becomes an addiction because you get a high every time you get a new person. So it's again, it's objectifying the person, turning them into a drug. And so when you have an addiction, you think about how addictions go. Most uh, addicts hurt their family or their family is hurt, you know, seeing them addicted to the drug or whatever because they'll do anything for it, right? right. And it's the same thing when it comes to um, that high that you get off of, you know, some new, you know, some new meat or whatever, yeah. the case may be, <laughs> uh, or the new attention or whatever it is. It's just a high, just a, and this is why it's a coping mechanism for many. Um, and it's some people out here they, and it's not I, again. It's not the mate's responsibility responsibility solely to prevent that person from cheating, but it's, it is important not to open a door or where it's wide enough that it will lead to that. Um, that's that we we got to hold ourselves accountable. Um, and then another thing that I would, if I was to give uh, newlyweds uh, advice, it would be boundaries. Um, I don't know why we, we I, well, I do know why. Uh, we grew up in this mentality that when you get married, that person belongs to you. Mm-hmm. And I used to think the same way, um, that when you when you start thinking something belongs to you, you start taking it for granted, right? Right, you definitely So, the thank yous uh, may lessen or be less um, genuine. Um just at any acts or any um, love gestures or however that person love, you know, they talk about the five types of love, love languages. Those things we was we we tend to take for granted when we start believing that this person belongs to us. We don't have a marriage certificate does not make a person your property. Um, and I used to think like that. <laughs> I really did. I'm like, you mine. And the reality is, is that he gets up and I get up every day and we choose each other over and over. You don't choose your mate one time. You don't choose your lifetime partner one time. You you may say I do one time or yeah, it's a viral new world. You might say it again, but you get up and you choose that person over and over Every day, because I I I, know I have aunties and uncles who got up and chose to after 30, 40 years, they didn't want to be married no more. Mm. And so that means that one day that I do was I don't. And when we, so therefore, when we start making people property and we start making them, uh, we start thinking ownership. It starts taking away the human the human love that we and and so that's why I say like don't boundaries are important between even even in a marriage. Um, I used to think if I tell Juan I need if it's especially if it was something that I couldn't um, do or didn't feel like I could do or even wanted to do. Say for instance, is take the trash out or move the furniture around the house or whatever the case may be. I used to think okay. When I say this, 
I expect it to happen. Why? Because I, you, he may have been working or whatever case is, got off work, and he come and play the game. I'm thinking, okay, you're only playing the game, so you could have gotten up and did this and this and this. But with that mentality, it's taken away me seeing him as a human who don't work. He got he got his. This is the way that he likes to entertain himself. He ain't doing nothing wrong. And the situation isn't an emergency. So I have to be mindful that we all or or, or both parties should be in a relationship should be mindful that we all have boundaries. We all have different ways we like to relax, you know, or the unwind for the day. Um, And we got to start thinking that our boundaries are for someone else or for the other party. I used to think, boundaries was what you didn't want another person to do to you right right and after years of of understanding that it didn't work like that because i'm thinking my boundaries are always getting stepped over so something can't be right about it and so i was sat down and again back into meditation get this download your boundaries aren't for anybody else you can never force another person to do or not to do. Now they can make a choice too. You can try to abuse them, but they ultimately their decision is is the decision to do it or not to do it is up to them, right? Yes. Yeah, so even if a person had a gun to a person's head and they said do this right now, that person got the option to not do it. So that's when that that's how God has to break things down to me. So I'm like, okay, so my boundaries are for me because I know that. If I don't like being treated this way or feel I don't, I don't like this feeling and it's consistent, so we gotta hold space and have grace for you know the one-offs because no, no one is perfect. But when it's something consistent um, that I feel disrespected and I know I'm being logical and reasonable about it, I've communicated it instead of assum- you know assuming that this person should know better. I clearly communicated, and then I keep getting that same treatment. I have to adhere. I have to I have to adhere to my own boundaries. My boundaries are for me. But if I keep not holding myself accountable for my boundaries, then I'm going to look for the other person to do what I say. And when I say it and how I say it, and if you don't do it, then I'm angry with you instead of holding myself accountable, saying, I don't like this. And I've already communicated this. And I was clear. I didn't assume. I didn't make him assume. I'm clear about, you know, this situation. It's my responsibility at this point to decide if I'm going to exit stage left or not, right? That's true. So that those boundaries, you don't set boundaries for others. That's that it's it's illogical, it's irrational. Even though we've heard that, all I have is that what you heard about boundaries is that your boundaries are for others. I've no, I've never heard that. No. Yeah. So I grew up. That's that's the that's what I grew up in. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I heard. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I did hear it that way. Like boundaries for other people te- teach people, you know, how, how they supposed to handle you. How people. That's how they, right. That's that's the rules they say today. Yeah, I was thinking out my mind, but so I thought you said boundaries for us. And but um, yeah, you're right. I've heard it was for others. You're right. Yeah, and so, but you can't make another. All you can do is communicate that to another person, yeah. unless you're going to abuse them or try to brainwash them into you know, being or doing or not doing what it is that you like or don't like. So then we have to be, like I said, I'm a realist. So I go back and I hold myself accountable. Accountability is major in relationships. I go back and I hold myself accountable. And I say, if I tell you I don't like this and it hurts me, 
and you keep doing it, I ain't going to, now back in the day, now I jump on them real quick. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to swapping it out. That's a T-Beezy. Like, That's a T-Beezy coming out. T-Bird. And so I, listen, I'm a changed woman. So, and he ain't going to let me just handle them like that anyway. But I'll try it. Anyway, <laughs> if I tried enough times, I might get thrown down, whatever the case may be. But if I tried enough times, you know I'm serious. But anyway, so maturing from that mentality to holding myself responsible for my peace and my own boundaries, I now I, I no longer see my husband as an object. Or and and even when it comes back up, like I said, I have been very narcissistic. Um, many of us are um, not unknowingly, oh, yeah. but I've been just a self-assessment. I've been very narcissistic, so I know I've tried to manipulate the situation. I have um, so so many different things I've done. When you go look at the psychology behind, you know, the narcissistic mindset. So, but I started holding myself accountable, um, and started understanding that one isn't responsible, you know, for making me feel whole. You get what I'm saying? His presence in my life and his space in my life is because he wakes up and chooses that every day. His his love for me and and um f- uh refusing to make me share my space with another woman is because he chooses to. It ain't because I forced him to. Because after a while, what you choose, <clears throat> what you force a person to do, they're going to rebel eventually. Right. They may do it at that time because of whatever the situation they feel like they need to. But if you make somebody, I don't care if it's something that feels good, something that's right. If a person don't do it because they want to do it, they will rebel eventually. And that's in every manner of relationships, whether it's your children, your spouse or whatever. Just like my kids, I talk to them. Now, of course, at different because they're different ages and I have to talk to me and my husband. But, you know, I'm a more vocal one when it comes to sex. So I talk to them according to, you know, their age and, you know, their maturity and all of that. And I don't put, I don't um, explain sex to them in a manner where it's taboo right. or unnatural. Because once you do that towards a person or make them feel wrong about something like that, the, we are naturally rebellious people, um, carnally. Um, so when you put that out there like that, it'd be like, well, damn. Let me see what it's like. We we just naturally inclined to go try something unless it's just absolutely um something that we don't want to try. Like, well, everybody doing it. Let me try that. And so they then they start sneaking around. And I'm not saying my kids won't ever sneak around or do anything behind our back. What I'm right. saying is that I don't teach, I don't I try not to we try not to rear them from a place of fear or from an unnatural place. Sex is natural. Right. So I talk to them about sex naturally. And I tell them, you know, this is the appetite you're going to have. And guess what? Oddly enough, it starts at a very young age. And it ain't just influence of the media or whatever. We're naturally built like that. You think about in the biblical days, um, they were having, they had whole families at 
what, 14, 15, 16, 13, yeah. they were kings and all of that. Concubines. So, um, <laughs> concubines, yeah. So, um, you, it's time to start talk, talk, talking about those things. That's a, that's a, I could go on and on about that, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, hey, it's, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's basically, you know, synopsis of, of how you, it, what, the things that you've told us. Honestly, is it like you said? You had different phases where you felt like you was very narcissistic. Phases where yeah. certain things Juan would have said to you, you felt like you would have jumped onto him. But now, yeah. as you can see now, in your year eighteen towards nineteen, that you grow. I, I, I see that basically marriages are you also with the things that you had to choose it. Like you say, you had to choose each other every day. It's also day. are you willing to grow with this person? Because I see a lot of growth, so you're not narcissistic no more. You don't feel like you have to jump on wine no more. You don't feel right. like certain things, certain attitudes towards certain things and and, and, and and the way you change the way that we was programmed that boundaries are for others. You know what I'm saying? That's growth. Like it's a lot of growth. So I see also with you know choosing that person every day, I see that being in a successful marriage and choosing to grow and break old habits to make new habits that make y'all both better people. That part, breaking yeah. old habits to make new habits to make us better people. Yeah, that's 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 what that I'm seeing. That sums it up for real. Yeah, I, that's what I'm seeing. Like I'm as, as listening to what you say, it's like it's a lot of growth, and I think a lot of people see so many. They watch too much reality TV, and they think everything <laughs> is sure. supposed to be yeah, like a, a fantasy life, like. Yeah, we happily ever after. No, it's gonna be a lot of joy and pain. Even if so, yes. yeah, a lot of joy and pain. Even in a relationship, yeah. Even to go back, what you said about you know, saying you can't like somebody cheating in the hide it. Somebody might get off cheating. Yeah. I, I would tell you, as, a, as as you know, my my listeners already know this. Like as as a reformed cheater, I'm over eleven years. <laughs> I'm over. I'm over eleven years clean, so it fell off my whole facts. I'm no longer. <laughs> I'm no longer a cheater no more. It's, it's it's eleven years to clear my whole facts report. It's no longer up there when you look me up. So, but but as a, a cheater, man, I, I'm telling you, the worst things ever was getting a fresh haircut, getting a new outfit. And then that person you wanted to cheat with went home. You had to go home to your own girlfriend. That was the worst feeling ever. <laughs> that was the worst feeling ever. I felt defeat. Hey, look, you go home. You're sitting on the couch. You were like, yo, what's going on with you? And you and you're just mad for no reason. Nothing. God, dog, I didn't want to be here. Like, I like your haircut. Yeah, whatever, girl. Like, whatever. Yeah, you wanted to get complimented by the other girl. Like, God, dog, man. It's the high. That's all it is. You're explaining it perfectly. Look as a cheater, you were explaining it perfectly. You 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 explaining it perfectly. You were 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 expl
And I guess that's when you you know, like, so you raise certain ways, you know, a mom right. and immature. I'm not saying that, but in, in in not saying at that time, of course, I wasn't living right or trying to live right, but it's some of that stuff being your subconscious. So I noticed yeah. things was looking all good when I was cheating sometimes. But then it got to a point where I'm noticing I'm losing money or something uh-huh. kept happening to my car every other week. Or this happening over there at the job. Like, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And I'm a person that sits back and say, hold up, man. All this stuff ain't just happening by default. What am I doing wrong? I'm one of those people. Okay. And, like, a lot of people, like, want to blame other people. Or a lot of people give, especially social media, good with this. The devil riding me. A lot of that don't be the devil, dog. That's, your, that's you coming back on you. Yeah, it's um, you coming back on you. <laughs> right. You know what? I like that you mentioned, um, I don't know how long this was supposed to be, but I love the fact that you mentioned that you 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 held yourself responsible or accountable yeah. for not only did you you know you admitted to what it was and you said okay you know it made me a better person and that's because a lot of times um we don't have no we don't have grace definitely a lot of times we don't have grace towards others because we don't have grace towards ourselves and that isn't to say that you know, oh, I can go out here and do this and this and this and then forgive myself later. Um, but th- in reality, that's how that's the actions that are taken. Like if you don't. So if you grow in forgiveness, isn't saying, oh, I was wrong. I ain't going to do that no more. And, you know, just go on like it's not that type of deal is extracting the gold out of every situation that you're in. It's always a pot of gold. It's always yeah. a nugget. if it ain't a pot it's a nugget. Yeah. And if you extract that gold and the old folks say eat the meat, spit out the bones. <laughs> if you take that right. meat, that gold or whatever you your reference whatever resonates with you about what you're extracting if you take the loop and leave all the other stuff behind you still always develop you always win you always mature even in the times where we feel like we have done the worst or the been the worst or down the lowest it honestly in reality ain't no such thing is you know we have low points of course but you never lose if you do what you did, like with this situation with the team. You said it made me a better person, yeah. made me start realizing, you know, this, this, and this. It yeah. made me more accountable. It made me to assess situations, yeah. you know. And that, and, now, you know, before I cheat, I, I just rather leave. I just tell a person, hey, this ain't working, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'd rather do yeah. that now because it, it, it really ain't worth what you're putting yourself on because then you got to cover this up. You got to, and Wilson is small. And people, you know, if, if Wilson Rocky Mount Greenville, Raleigh is small because somebody will see you anywhere. <laughs> and you got to keep it, you got to keep, you know, keep your head to the sky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You see everybody. So you you definitely got to be careful. You definitely got to be, because a, a wise philosopher by the name of Jason, known to the world as Jadakiss, once said, it's a message in everything. <laughs> it's a message in everything. You know what I'm it saying? Is. It's a message in everything, even when you're not looking. But a lot of y'all definitely give the devil too much credit. It's definitely you coming back on you. Your decisions coming back on you For is sure. what I'm trying to say. For sure. And I I mean, that's the best way to do it. I I, I am very big and I'm a very I'm an advocate of accountability. Um Lord knows I am. Like I I now granted some things happen that's absolutely out of our control. And we are impacted by it, and you know what it is, what it is. But right. what you can, I, I want what you can control. What you did or didn't do in that particular situation, you it's important to hold yourself accountable. Most Just definitely. like, like I said, not why ask a question. Do you want what you want for Valentine's Day? 
Nothing. Guess what? I get nothing. And I lashed I out at him about it. But in reality, the ball was in my court. And I had the opportunity to say, even if I didn't want him, you know, him to, I didn't want to tell him what my gift is, even if I would have said, you know, surprise me, if I had communicated that, the situation would have went differently. So I hold myself accountable. And so going forward, Juan knows not to ask me. <laughs> now I want everything. <laughs> no, I'm not materialistic at all, but it just make it a point um if now I know to be vocal, you know, because I understand who he is. He's a very straightforward person, you know. So don't tell me you don't want nothing, because if you don't want nothing, you ain't going to get nothing. He do the kids like that, too. I'm going to the store. What y'all want? Right. Nobody don't say nothing. Guess what? Juan don't believe in wasting money. Most likely he's coming out with nothing. Right. Because I done asked you. I'm very straightforward. Now, granted, he do buy me gifts and I don't have to ask for stuff like that. But when he's asking, you better go ahead and speak up because that's letting, letting you know or letting him assess the situation. Like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and put a mental note in. Let me get this, this, and this, and this. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I had one last question. I want. I want to. Yeah. I know you got kids. Got to go to school that. tomorrow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Talk. I'm timing, so I'm on my own schedule. So I don't want you to hold you <laughs> to hold you to what <laughs> what me getting up at nine o'clock in the morning tomorrow to do. But uh, as 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 with you know with a lot, and it's not just for marriages, also for relationships right here too. Do you think you know as a woman? Do you think you could feel like a lot of people do fall in love, but for some people they're not. They're not. That person is not your forever. And I think, and, and, and before I ask you this question, I think a lot of people's problems is that they think, that's why it's so hard to date. I think a lot of people are so hard to date for some people because they think instead of dating to get to know each other, they think the first person they date is their husband or their wife. And nobody dates to get to know anybody no more. They, they, they just think that person is there forever. And sometimes that person is just your situation or somebody to learn something from. Or maybe you learn something yeah. from them or they're learning something from you. And that situation is over. Y'all get so mad at the person. Honestly, you keep holding on to that situation. God can't bless you with the person you really supposed to be because you in that so long and that, that person you supposed to be with and I missed you by because you was what you wanted that to be forever. Why he ain't doing right with you? Because he's not meant for you or she's not meant for you and y'all stay in these situations so long fighting it and by that time the person that was waiting in the wing is gone. Somebody else done snatched him. Out of here. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people do that. But I said that to ask this. Well, you know, like a lot, like I said, everybody isn't everybody's forever. So even like from a marriage or a relationship standpoint, when people that we see and we feel like, and maybe they were in love for a long time, is it anything wrong if it's if they ever fall out of love? Like, is is it anybody to blame? Can women tell see it coming when a guy is about to stop loving them? That's a good question. Um, and you will see it. Um in marriage, and it's a, I, I, especially for newlyweds, um, and maybe we got some old schoolers up here. Um, we do, we do got some old schoolers, but we got okay. kind of mixed. So maybe yep. they can feel me on this. So love looks different in every season. So the basis of love is, for me, I, I live by the, the motto now that I, you know, come out or, or the mentality now that I've come out of, you know, being, you know, so narcissistic and entitled and, you know, just toxic, period. Um, I now live by the mentality or law or whatever you want to call it, is that 
while love, the foundation of love never changes, love looks different in different seasons. Mm. So the reality of the situation is, is that some seasons that the mar- the individuals go through, I'll, I'll talk about it from an individual point, uh, the, the two mates, the significant others, sometimes both of them may go. Now, you know, you heard me talk about 28 seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know how I feel about it. anybody else that want to reference. You may, you don't even have to be, you know, a Christian. I don't claim myself to be one no more either. But if you look at the 28 seasons in Ecclesiastes 3, it tells you, and, and it said, you know, the time to heal, time to kill, all of that. But if you go and look at them, and don't look at them just as in a literal sense, but look, look at them from a spiritual or whatever case is, all of us going to go through that. All of us going to, it doesn't matter what religion you're in. It doesn't matter what way of faith, belief, whatever. It, that is a law of man. That's the law of nature. It's the yeah. law of man. So it's going to happen despite what. So when you go through these different seasons, the spouses, though they're one, they enter those different seasons sometimes not together. So... That's why I said love looks different in each season. So if I'm in one of those darkest seasons, I won't call them um, hard. I don't like to call things hard, but darker seasons where, you know, just like in the wintertime when it gets darker earlier, you know, you have less sunlight. That's what I'm referring to. So when you're going through those seasons and your your spouse might be in the other and living the best life, of course, that's going to automatically cause conflict. Because it looks like you're living your best life and I'm in my darkest time. Excuse me. And that's going to switch. And then they're going to be in their darkest area. You're going to be. And so you can imagine looking at one another, looking like one is happy and the other one. And there's nothing you can do because that's their season. This is what they. You can be there. I ain't going to say it's nothing you can do. You can be there. You can be understanding. But the reality is, is that your love looks different in those seasons because you two are on two different playing fields at that time. Your spouse might be in that light season. They're ready to go out. They're ready to party. They're ready to travel. They're ready to have fun here you are over here worried about bills and whatever the situation is because it's a darker season for you yes you two are in each other's space but that doesn't mean that you go through everything together even as um couples you still go through individual things oneness is not about um I, you, every time I go through something, you go through something. No, every time I go through something or you go through, you know, we go through something, the other one is impacted. But the reality is, is that we don't always go through things together. We're there together, but we don't always get, does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. All right. So, so then there comes those seasons where coming out of it isn't easy or some people get stuck and that's where the love I ain't going to say it dies, but it gets buried. Why? Because all of what they need for themselves is turned inward. And they don't have a cup. Their cup doesn't run over um, to flow into their spouse. And depending on their, you know, their upbringing, their faith, their belief, or whatever it is, if they have enough of that in them, and the spouse have enough patience to wait it out, they'll come out of it. But unfortunately, some of those very hard seasons 
just like the children of Israel when they say they got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years and some of them died in that situation. And I'm talking about, I ain't talking about just a physical death, but spiritually, mentally, whatever the case is, that's when the love gets buried and the person goes back into survival mode and love and marriage isn't at the forefront. Now they got to be selfish. And that selfishness looks different for each individual. And the receiving party, which is the, the the spouse over there, you know, living their best life, they're trying to figure out, why are you treating me like this? Why you, you know, why you ain't doing And for you know what, like I was talking about the anxiousness and, and the impatience, or and sometimes they are in it so long that you got to say, you know what, I don't want to do this no more. So I'm not saying that they can choose whatever they choose, who the, the you know the the receiving party because they are impacted by it. But the reality is, is when the love dies, so to speak, quote unquote, the love dies. In this case, in my mind, it gets buried. The marriage, the the marriage is over. Uh, the relationship is over, and um. Not saying that they'll never come out of that space, but sometimes they don't come out of it quick enough for, you know, the other party. And so that's, yeah, it looks different. It happens. Um, We just have a, honestly, we have just have a very warped, many of us have a very warped understanding of what marriage is. I thought oneness is that, you know, me and Juan go through everything together until I lost my father. Mm. And I was like, I cannot make him feel. I remember the night that I got a call about one o'clock in the morning and I'm talking to my cousin and she said, you know, you heard from Mabel, which is my stepmom. And she said, um, I was like, no, she was like, okay, you ain't heard it, have you? I was like, no. So she told me my father passed. And it seemed so, um, uh, it seemed so unreal. He wasn't sick or nothing like that. Anyway, well, not that we know of. And so I'm screaming and I'm hollering and I'm trying to feel because I have, and I could, and you can never make that person feel. And that's when I realized more than at war, that's when reality or what I won't say realize. I realized this a long time ago, but the experience is that I had to experience something that he could never understand. Even if his own father, I could empathize, but he could never understand how I feel because of, you know, my own relationship with my parents. Then that's when I realized marriage isn't about going through everything together you can't go through everything together but you can be there and um hope that that person doesn't get stuck in that season you know try to keep you know keep keep tapping on on the shoulder mentally spiritually emotionally like hey i'm here we're present you got support you got love but some people don't make it back from that so yeah, yeah if you ever notice um and i've seen a lot of marriages right here lately and i i, I I assess things like that, just feeling. And when I go look at when it failed, it was when, you know, a, ch- a loss of a parent or a loss of a child or a grandmother or whatever the case or, may or be. Or a sibling or a brother because, or sister, right? I'm sorry. Or like a brother or sister or something like that? Yeah. In, in, anybody that they deem, you know, had a close relationship and they had just this major impact on them. When you go to look at the relationship and the marriage, a lot of times what happens in that time frame is 
um, the marriage falls apart or uh, the spouse cheats that that's hurting or they develop some type of a different type of addiction. Um, I, I picked back up smoking, uh, not weed, but cigarettes. Uh, and I hadn't did that in, I don't know, Jair 15, maybe, maybe, maybe 16, 17, maybe even 20 years. I think I was maybe 22 when I last smoked or something like that. I don't even remember. Maybe 20. Um, well, you know what, T, not to cut you. Long, long time. T, not to cut you off. You know what, you you were wrong. I, I would have accepted you more if you would have said you picked up the weed and the cigarettes. But that's allegedly. <laughs> that's allegedly. That's all allegedly. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm saying if I did know what I was talking about, I'd rather you pick up the weed than the cigarettes. But but go ahead. <laughs> wait, 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 Aunt, Listen, I tried to pick up the weed. Whatever they smoking these days, let me tell you something. There's some type of drugs I ain't ready for because I tried. Look, I tried to smoke me some weed, and boy, let me tell you, I was, no, you already know I'm already a deep thinker. I said, whatever this stuff is, and you mind you, man, and I used to smoke all day, every day, like eight, nine blunts, and this is no exaggeration. So when I went to, after not having been smoking in all those years and tried that, man, listen, I don't know what they putting in this, their, this weed. Oh, there's some powerful stuff out here, no? What you say? I said it's some powerful stuff out here now. Yeah, and I don't want no poison. I'm good. <laughs> I tried it. It don't work for me. <laughs> but no, so but usually in that time frame that um you see uh, a tragedy occurs or um something where the, the spouse, the the one that's not in uh, as greatly impacted by it is um like they didn't lose a child together. Say for instance it's just a um, a parent or a sibling or something like that, and the other spouse, they're there. They, you know, they're hurt because of the relationship, and they know what you had with them, but they can't have that experience. And that's when I realized, parent, couples, it's unrealistic or it's um, erroneous thinking that we think that you know, as spouses, we all we go through everything together. Because we used to say, you know, you've been through everything with me, like you've been there through everything and I appreciate that but you can't go through everything with me and neither can I go through you know everything with him he lost his grandmother that was one of you know his favorite people in the world right you know one of his best ladies so you know, look, I can't I couldn't compare so right. uh, that was one of his favorite ladies and it changed him and I haven't I hadn't lost my one of my grandmothers at that time and I was raised by my grandmother so I know the love I can imagine the love he had for her but I can feel I could be there you know, and I could, I, I know what it feels to lose a loved one, but I didn't know, you know, how it felt to lose a grandmother. So, yeah. Yeah, because some, cause sometimes we don't know how much certain people mean to us. So, you know, like, it's just like, it's like just even like people think it's just like with a family. It can be like even certain people you know. You know me different than somebody else know me. That's, you know what I'm saying? Some people know each other different than other people know me. That's why I hate when people try to group everybody and they, they be like, Oh, I, I never like somebody didn't know you. They were like, T smoke. I never knew she smoked. Like, what? Why, why would she do that? When right. she start that, she just she just taking picking up anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then somebody know like, okay, you you didn't know. You know, see, she is her history though. She did it before. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it just like you said, just something that came back. Yeah, and easily too. Like I was thinking, if I had got to smoking, I have choked myself to death. <laughs> nah, and when I tell you, I, I put lit, listen, I put that new foot. It was so smooth. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, T. Not, 
look, look, if I, if I come around and see you with some Newports, I'm definitely slapping my hands. Now, you shouldn't be with a Newport. <laughs> right, as you should. So, I do, I do, I am working on, you know, just, you know, kicking it. Um, I feel much, you know, I ain't going to say I feel much better since he, you know, it's been, my father died in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't going to say, I feel, it, it actually feels like yesterday, but as far as the mechanism um, that I've chosen to use, I don't feel like I need it so much so anymore because I have, I ain't going to say I've, I've come to accept the fact that he's, you know, he's gone and I, I ain't going to see him or talk to him or argue with him, you know, so on and so forth. So that's the thing about any type of addiction, just going back to you, like you said, you're a reformed cheater, like you don't right. do that no more. And so not that the appetite won't come up and, and, and I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that you will, but the potential of you doing something that you've ever done before or for a, a consistently for, a, you can always fall back into that. Um, but you have to, you know, choose every day. I have to choose like, okay, I'm, I'm going to smoke less and less each day until it, you know, it's gone. Some people kick it immediately. Some people don't. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. hey, hey, when it's time for you to care. Oh, one thing I too want you to clarify because you know, yeah. I'm not, you know, sometimes we we have a, we, you have new listeners too, and I don't want nobody to take none out of context. Please clarify because you know people will take that and cut that one part out of it when they hear this and, and run with it. We please clarify what you said. Um, you don't identify with yourself as a Christian. Please tell them what, what you mean by that. Oh, some okay, people will okay, take that yeah. and run. Yeah, context is everything. They will take that and run with Context it. So is everything. Yep. Most people know me. If you know me, then you know I grew I Well, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. My grandmother always, a Baptist, always made me go to church. And then, you know, for some time, I tried different religions, as a, even as a youngster. Um, and then when, when I got when 20, I got back in the church, and that's where we met. That's where right. I met. Ironically, that's where I met Aunt. Right. And so, um, I did that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about faithful, loyal to it, and I don't have no, I don't have nothing to bash about it. Like everybody needs a foundation. So Christianity is my foundation. Everybody, like you don't build a plane in the air. Everything has to have a foundation, right? You, um, so that is my foundation, and I don't. I'm not against it. It's just that I have developed and I have also the space that Christianity had me in wasn't big enough for the person that I was becoming. Does that make sense? Yeah, so as I was evolving and I was developing my mindset, um, I won't say because I don't want to sound um, egotistical, but my mindset was, let's just put it like this. My mindset became very, uh, very different and I started challenging a lot of things. And so if I would have stayed there, now granted, there's troublemakers. I would have been a troublemaker, not because I'm out there being unruly because I don't have that type of personality anymore, but I challenged a lot of things that was being said or taken out of context. So... Of course, uh, and, and I have ministers license. I have evangelists. I got all the all of the all of that stuff, and I still could go back and do it, and they would accept me just fine. But a lot of what they stand for, uh, a lot of things that they haven't developed past um, that ha- was just a time in history, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. So you know, I've I've chosen. Like I said, I, I don't I don't like labels. I believe in God very much. So yeah. Um, Jesus, I believe in the Savior. I just don't believe in um, limiting myself to Christianity. I believe truth is in all things. Um, 
there's a lie in all things. So I, I, I can go to any religion right now and find the truth. And I can go to any religion right now and find a lie. So I choose to live by the God is real because I've had my own encounters, my own experiences. I like to live by what's real. Gotcha. So and and in Christianity, that it has too many. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. It has too many different things that I don't agree with. So why I'm not going to stay. It's the same thing with marriage or any relationship. I'm not going to stay where um, the majority of what I believe in, it conflicts with what you believe in. That I, I believe the peace is greater when I accept y'all do y'all thing and you accept I do mine. So of course, a lot of them ain't going to accept that I do mine and how I believe in God and have my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. They are entitled to that. But I I don't I don't want to argue no more. I done did the arguing about the Bible and arguing about Jesus and what color and I done did all of that. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have I don't have the energy for it no more. At this point is I I, I choose to um, accept you for who you are. You and if you don't with me, that's okay. Right. That's a, yeah. That's a great. I agree. Hey, I. See, I definitely thank you for taking time out to talk to us tonight. I think I think people are gonna love this episode tomorrow morning. Uh, this beautiful Tuesday morning as you're riding out in your car. <laughs> and I know you, you're probably gonna stop by Dunkin', even though it's not Krispy Kreme. You know, oh, but oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> it's not crispy. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You you at Dunkin' right now while you listen to this. Yeah, you know I mean. But um, I only want coffee from Dunkin', <laughs> but I want I will take everything crispy cream. If, if Wilson had crispy cream, that's where I would be. <laughs> no, no doubt. I definitely thank you. For oh, one last question before I get out here. So yeah. you, you know who Larsa Pippen is, right? Who? Larsa Pippen, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, who's talking to Michael Jordan's uh, son, who's half half her age. I've I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's it's a, it's a true thing, you know. It, it's not speculation. She was on a talk show, you know. She talked to him, which is kind of weird because when she was married to Scottie Pippen, of course, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were teammates, and oh, yeah. Jeffrey, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jeffrey Jordan was thirteen years old, and she's grown married to Scottie, and now they're together. So I ask you this question because we we. It's a line on social media where I hate. Sometimes I hate how people these grown. And it mostly come from grown women and men who are nasty secretly do it, I guess, amongst themselves with these these younger children. So when people, I, I really hate when, I don't say I hate, I guess it depends on the setting, when sometimes people post their kids in certain certain ways. When they post their kids in certain ways and then when you see grown women say, mm, he sure is fine. And this kid's probably like 13 years old. Or the, this little girl is, is probably, you know, same thing, 13 or 12. So I mm-hmm. asked you the question, what would you do? T, Tamilla, T-Bird, yes. a.k.a. T-BZ do. <laughs> Jair. Oh, man, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say his name on the line. But your older son gets... No, you good. Yeah, your older son gets, you know what I'm saying? He, he gets of age 2021, 20, and then they see so you know he brings home one of your friends that watched him grow up. What, what, what would T do? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a... Um, give me a minute. My question would be to him, I will respect it because he's an adult, but my question would be to him is, what do you feel like you are missing or that I didn't give you um, as a mother or as a woman in, uh, that you love in your life? Um, if he and, and he may not have that answer. And I would tell, and, and again, I would respect it. 
I, it is not, is, is, I, I won't say I agree wholeheartedly, but I respect it, but I would want to know where did I come up short at? Um, because a lot of times me as a younger girl, you know, very young, I was into not old men, but older men. Older men, yeah. Um, and, you know, lying about my age and all of that. I'm being very transparent. Lying about my age and all of that. And I didn't realize until I was hmm, late 20s why I, you know, saw that I was looking for a father's love inside of these men. And so... I would ask Jair that question. Where do you feel like I, I came up short? Or, you know, is it like, do you just like older women? Um, I got a friend. He, that's, that's what he talked to. Like he's uh, 42. He's 42. His preference is 70 and older. And that's been like that Good since he God. was. Well, he, he trying to get that, 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 that <laughs> he trying to get that check, the insurance. Listen, I thought that what was so now I you know I had to pick his brain, so I was like, he been like this since I I've known him. So I think it started when he was sixteen. He says he has come from, um, he was maybe working at Hardee's or McDonald's, and um, this old lady turned him out, and <laughs> that's where he come from. Hold on, how much older was the lady? <laughs> oh, she was older. She was she had children. You know, in their thirties, so she may have Ooh. been in her sixties. So, so and, I think I know what happened. So you telling me he was working in the drive-through line, dang, dropping off ten-piece nuggets, and, and this this cougar, this cougar pulled up to him, and she must have popped out her dentures. That's what got him. He got him real bad. <laughs> and I said, so I said, well, I had to go deeper because I knew, I was like, okay, it, so I get it sexually. I was like, <laughs> but let's talk about your relationship with your mom, and that's where. I understood, in addition to the sex, um, you know, being turned out by an older woman, his mother was a single mother. Mm. And she um, worked all the time. You know, she they, they didn't lack financially for anything, but her presence, she wasn't there. Oh. You know, she, she came home. She cooked the food. She go to work. She cook her. You know, she come home. They made she made sure they had dinner. They had everything they needed besides her. Because by the time she get home from working those twelve hours, she go to bed. You know, she get back up. They're going to school. By the time they get out of school, she back at work. So in a and this is at them. You know, this started when they was maybe twelve or him. He was twelve and even younger. So of course he attracted the older woman. The older woman saw the, you know, his vulnerability. You know, saw and she, he was sweet on her. You right. know, so she 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 let him hit. So <laughs> that just further pushed the agenda. But the reality is, or the found the the reason he he's attracted to older women. His mom was an older woman for one. Um, she had him, you know, as a not in her twenties. I, I don't know how old she was, but she much old. Anyway, he was looking for his mother. And somebody, and okay. That's where he found it. Now, now, see, I don't want you to misunderstand what I said. Now, of course, he had lost a pip in his older, but I'm talking about from the standpoint that her husband knew. You know, what I'm saying her husband was was his was was Jeffrey's. They were co-workers, you might say, even though they played basketball pro, they were co-workers. I'm talking about a co-worker of yours that been around your children while your children are teenagers end up with your son. That's so what I'm talking there about. There is a level of pedophilia there. Um, yeah. 
Definitely, because that means that at some point um, you've already saw him that way. Right. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. How would you? How would you handle that? One of your coworkers that may have came home before. Why? Now, I'm why, gonna check him. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. check. I'm. I'm. I'm question my son, but I'm gonna check her too. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know. I'm gonna go ahead and let her know. Like, listen. And, and then how long has this been here? Because this is this is definitely a level of pedophilia. And um, I listen. You know, I talk to a lot of people. So and in addition, so just to go on the lines of what you're talking about, I, I do know a young man, 23 years old. His mother, um, his mother friends, you know, be, be, be been, been dealing with him since he was like 14 years old. Wow. So it lets me know, like they would always say he was cute. He's fine. You know, he got pretty eyes. He got pretty hair, or, you know, so on, so forth. Yeah. And letting them hit and so it's just it honestly in my opinion it's a level uh it's a um a pedophilia is the best way that, that i can explain it is where it derives from um even granted she did it when he was grown so she for for her own morality um you know she she may unless y'all know something different unless she did it when he was you know a kid yeah but it's a level of it's just it's in there it's a level of pedophilia and then it also can come from uh derived from a woman um being developed you know age-wise but not inwardly so in so much so many ways she's a kid inside maybe she got traumatized you know it that's where pedophilia typically comes from is they don't they develop by age and um physically but mentally, they're stuck at the wherever the trauma is. Maybe she was, you know, molested at whatever age, and you know, she still feels like that young person stuck in the inside. But it still leads to pedophilia if you look at it um, psychologically. So, yeah, and and, and, it, it's, and it's crazy because it seemed like for for dude when dudes do that when when guys do that and they end up with the older woman it's like nobody really cares but say Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were WNBA players and and it, it was Michelle Jordan and Stacey Pippen and their husbands right. their husbands groomed Michael Jordan's 13 year old daughter and I, mm-hmm. now people would have been looking at it crazy now that they older you know what I'm saying like he was a she, it is. I'm, I'm telling you she right was now, around this little boy when he was 13 they was playing with the dad like they was on the same team like that's crazy it gets deep, and one of my friends, they they know how I am about my kids. Like, you you got to speak about them in the, the correct way. Now you can say, oh, like my friend, she said, oh, your son grew up, he handsome. Leave it there. <laughs> Leave it there now, because see now I, I know where I'm gonna go with that. I know where I can I can go with that. So it do it do, it because they're grown. It's not a lot you can do, but I definitely would state my, you know. Yeah. Opinion. I definitely let her know how I feel, and and go from there. <laughs> that's that's really all you can do. But yeah, it makes you feel weird in the inside uh, when it comes to how long you've been looking at my kid. Like, have you imprinted on him? You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. were you like how long you been doing this? How long you been? How many times you done twitched and bent over in front of him? You know what I'm saying? Now, like, and then it can make you kind of wonder. Dang, I had her watching them when he was 16. Like, yeah. what was they doing when I was gone? You were away for the weekend. You left. <laughs> You left her there to yeah. watch it, like, and unfortunately, yeah. young men, um, 
get molested and like you said is is not looked at as molestation because they men are deemed to be spiritual creatures when all in reality all of us are you know we right. both we all are made to do that so right. that's just a label and a title and a mentality and all types of toxic crap that they put on men um but men get traumatized and they get messed up in situations like that. I know men right now who can't have, or I ain't going to say they can't, but it's hard for them to have uh, healthy relationships with um, people their age or their peers or, you know, whether it's relationship with a woman or friendships and stuff like that because of um, pedophiles. Right. You know, mess them up. Going home, going to your boy's house and, you know, the mom making you have sex with her. Like at first you're like, okay, it's cool. And now it's, you know, forced. Like you've got to have sex with her type deal. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. It is, man. But yeah. I definitely would definitely have something to say. <laughs> um, I would definitely address her and then, you know, try to figure out with my son, like what, What's where going you on? With these, like, yeah. you really like older women. Yeah, you're right. Hey, you're right. I definitely thank you, T. I definitely thank Any questions you got for me before we get up out of here? Uh-uh. This, um, we were both very vocal. Definitely. Um, I have enjoyed the experience. I appreciate you inviting me on. Nope. Um, if anybody have any questions that you feel like I, I, I need to answer regarding this or give clarity to, you know, hit me up however you see fit. Yep. You know, and I'll give them, give them, give them your socials. Give them your socials where they can hit you. I'm a very vocal person. I stand on what I believe. You know, if someone doesn't believe what I believe, then you know you reserve that right. Right. Give it. Give them the socials where they can hit you up at. Um, on Facebook as Tamilia Taylor, T A M I L L I A Taylor. Um, I'm on Instagram as the same. Um, I I do a little TikToking. So that's going to be one, 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 one. So four ones underscore indigo, I-N-D-I-G-O child, C-H-I-L-D, no spaces, underscore four, four, four. So, yeah, check me out. Follow me. If you got questions, inbox me. I'll answer them the best way that I can. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't do no tongue wrestling because whatever right. you believe in, you believe. Whatever I believe, I believe. But I don't mind open, uh, having an open dialogue, you know, about Pretty much anything. No doubt, no doubt. And before we get out of here, because it's a new thing I'm doing, it's Cash App Fridays. So I always play a song before every podcast. So if you can guess what artist I played before yours started, I cash app twenty five dollars on Fridays. So all right, all right. So here's the multiple choice: Was it A, a Jay Z song? B, a Kodak Black song? C, a E forty song? Or D, a Little Baby song? Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Let me think. Get one guess. I, I should. I'm gonna have to start queuing up the Jeopardy music from now on. Now for everybody hold else. On, wait, what you say? Hold on. Uh, you said Jay Z, E40, Co Little Baby, Kodak Black. I'm gonna give it Kodak Black. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not. I'm, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You just got there tomorrow when you when you when I when I send you the link and when it pop up, you listen. You gonna listen. You gonna be like, oh my goodness, yep. And I also play it when we finish, like right when we about to get off. Now it comes on after too. But you go hear it in the morning. It's the first thing before before the show. Come on, I always play a, a different audio. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you.
You're welcome. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Yep, that was Miss T. Tamila Taylor. Another round of applause for her coming on for us tonight. Um, y'all don't forget to subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, comment. Uh, Leave any comments or suggestions on Apple. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not sensitive. I'm, I'm an old school, dark-skinned dude, so I can take constructive criticism, man. So, you know, even tell me the things you don't like, man. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to, you know, hunt you down on the internet and email you some bullets. You feel me? So, uh, you know, I'm about to get out of here. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Ann from the OTW Podcast. God don't make no mistakes, and I'll catch y'all next week. Yeah. Yeah, focus, focus, skiggity scat. It ain't nothing with me. That nigga E40. Finna sprinkle some of you fools with some of this, this GAME, man, some of this guy. Understand my system. Finna sprinkle you fools with my sprinkling system. Understand this stuff. It don't stop till the motherfucking Glock pop. And fuck a Glock, I'm fucking with the 6R. P226, Diana Ross, cousin Nina. Mr. Mina, that's what we do. Understand it. I'll be more hipper than the hippopotamus. Get off in your head like a neurologist. Push him awake to Atlas. Got a pot by the name of Tupacalus. The 707 Marisco, hella fall back to floor terrace. I pull a 40 out of my ball cap and then I flush it down my esophagus. The group that I'm with, the click. Sugar D shot legit. Family orientated, game related, it's the shit. Killing motherfuckers off crucial. Sitting them down mutual. Running through these lyrics as if I was fiber. Like, like Metamuso. Timer, timer. Body water. Sprinkle me, man. 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 Big time, a time, a water. Sprinkle me, man. 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 Kick that shit, shit. Here comes the top notch. Oh, oh, oh. Here I be. Clicked out me, sugar tea from the beat. I'm quick to smile. Always down for the job. Knock the hustle just because we way too major. They try to test your testicles. You know that shit ain't cool. Sugar don't make you have to come uh. about the sound booth and act a fucking fool. Oh, these old whole cake ass niggas, they make me so damn sick. Boom, 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 boom on the trick. Play a player for false and get rubbed off. You don't want more, so don't want more. Fuck around and get evaporated. Cause I'm a timer, timer. Time a timer. Body water. Fucking.
Tune into the Off the Wall podcast. And is that it? it?